Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. Patients with a heart rate greater than 100 beats a minute are tachycardic. But what differentiates sinus tachycardia from supraventricular tachycardia, or SVT? That is today's Pass ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip daily for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts needed for you to pass your ACLS written exam and megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app, or activate the Pass ACLS flash briefing skill on your Amazon voice device so you don't miss upcoming tips. You can find additional ACLS-related resources at PassACLS.com. Generally speaking, a rate of 150 or more differentiates SVT from sinus tachycardia. On the monitor, both rhythms will have a narrow QRS complex less than 0.12 seconds, or three tiny boxes, preceded by an upright P wave. If the rate is 100 to 149, it's sinus tachycardia, which, for most people with a healthy circulatory system, doesn't usually cause problems significant enough to require intervention. If the rate is 150 or more, the rhythm is SVT, which could require immediate intervention if the patient is unstable. Remember that you can use your quick reference cards during your class for the written exam and the megacode. If you purchase the electronic version of the course textbook, I suggest you print the quick reference cards before your class so that you can have them easily available as a reference. There are some things that I believe every ACLS provider should know without the use of their cards, and the criteria for determining if a patient is unstable is one of them. In ACLS, if a patient with bradycardia less than 50 or tachycardia over 150 exhibits any of these signs or symptoms, they should be considered unstable and in need of immediate intervention. So commit these to memory. Hypotension, as indicated by a systolic blood pressure less than 90 millimeters of mercury. A sudden decrease in level of consciousness. Signs of shock, such as pale, cool, and clammy skin, delayed capillary refill, or cyanosis. Signs of acute CHF, such as shortness of breath with rails, wheezing, or orthopnea. And finally, ischemic chest pain. If any of those are present and the patient has a pulse over 150, we'll consider sedation if it's appropriate and safe and prepare for immediate cardioversion with a synchronized shock. We say to consider sedation because many of the medications used for sedation can cause a patient's blood pressure to drop. So sedation might not be appropriate for patients who are hypotensive or needed at all for patients that are unresponsive. If we're using a biphasic defibrillator, we'll use the device's suggested energy level. For older, monophasic defibrillators, 50 to 100 joules is the suggested starting energy for cardioversion of unstable, narrow-complex tachycardias. For the safety of your team, remember that delivery of a synchronized shock isn't instant like when we defibrillate. Delivering a shock to a patient during ventricular repolarization as seen on the ECG as a T wave, can result in an R on T and induce ventricular fibrillation, taking our patient with a pulse into cardiac arrest. To avoid this, when we're in the sync mode, the defibrillator will attempt to calculate when the next QRS should appear. To aid the defibrillator operator, 
a small icon will appear adjacent to each QRS when a monitor defibrillator is in the sync mode. Because the defibrillator needs to calculate when to give the shock, such that it will happen during ventricular depolarization on an R wave and not on a T wave, there may be a few seconds lapse from the time you push the button to the time that the shock is delivered. The team leader should remind the team of this when performing synchronized cardioversion and ensure that nobody touches the patient until after the shock has been delivered. For an irregular rhythm like AFib with RVR, this delay can be even longer. Most monitor defibrillators will stay in the sync mode until it's turned off by the user. If a patient with a pulse who is cardioverted with a synchronized shock develops VFib or goes into pulseless VTAC, immediate defibrillation is needed. We should deliver fast and deep chest compressions while we turn off the sync mode and begin charging the machine to defibrillate with a non-synchronized shock as soon as safely possible. If a patient in SVT doesn't have any of the previously mentioned symptoms, they're stable for now, and we have time to try things like a fluid challenge, vagal maneuvers, and adenosine. If AFib or flutter with RVR is identified after administration of adenosine, we can use a beta blocker or a calcium channel blocker. The full tachycardia algorithm will be covered in another Pass ACLS Tip of the Day episode. For additional information on narrow complex tachycardias and other ACLS-related topics, check out some of the podcasts listed at the pod resource page at passacls.com. If you found today's tip on differentiating sinus tach from SVT helpful, consider giving back via the secure link in the episode notes. I'm here to help you pass ACLS. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your class.